Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one. Let's go. Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with the purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Scarlett O'Connor. Did I say O'Connor? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. I had like a brain fart there for a second. And I was thinking <laughs> that it was, oh, something else. And <laughs> anyway, Skylara is a lot of the time what people Oh, I there. bet. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you. Yeah, very well. And yourself? Good. I'm glad you're here. So um, Scarlett, I, you've got a lot of, I mean, I know that you're an NLP, a master NLP practitioner, right? Did I say that? Are, are you, are you the master level? Yeah. Master, master practice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we, I, I'm not a master, uh, practitioner, but I am an NLP practitioner. Um, cool. and so, yeah, so it should be a pretty fun conversation, but Scarlett, I don't know. I'm not going to give you much of an intro because I want you to tell you know, I, you tell your story better than I do. So let's, let's go. I'd love to hear it. Oh, wow. Where would I start? <laughs> <laughs> right. How long do we have? Yeah, question, a little right? bit like that. <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, I, Sean Whalen was one of my very first podcasts and I asked him the same question. I was like, so it was very much so more rigid, rigid than what we just did. But he was like, how many hours do you have, dude? Like, yeah. I, I could go in and, and, and that's the truth so um yeah so Scarlett yeah let's go let's okay well to. okay so I'll skim over kind of who I am my bit of my history then and but jumping around a little bit so it's not going to go into detail but because obviously we would be here all day literally <laughs> um but okay I'm I'm Scarlett I'm from the UK I'm 33 years old Um, I have been referred to recently on Clubhouse as the Queen of Resilience, which is the name I am now taking. So um, during my my journey, and I'll tell you a little bit about that about that now, I have been knocked down many times. Um, So I have become a bit of a pro at being knocked down, it would seem. But I definitely like to think I have become a master at getting back up. 
So my journey started um, obviously when I was born. I was brought into this world by two people who should never have children is the easiest way to put that. So my dad was uh, mentally ill and alcoholic and my mum, I now understand to be narcissist. So they should have never had children. My mum was always incapable of loving me. And now that's very clear. Um, And now I understand that and how she would have worked, I guess, to where I do. Um, It all makes more sense. But growing up, I was neglected, abused, mistreated. Um, By the age of 12, my mum kicked me out. And uh, I went off the rails a little bit then. Um, At 12 years old, I'd been through a lot by that point. Couldn't really make sense of things was thrown into the care system and became this, this this little girl who didn't really understand or relate to many people. So started to hang about with people who were much older than me, got into kind of drugs and all sorts of things and got into fights and had all this, I guess, built up frustration within me. Um, people, I couldn't understand other people my age, people couldn't really understand me. And by the time I was kind of 16 I was written off by most people that kind of I'd probably amount to nothing and be nothing etc then at 16 just before I finished school I fell pregnant with my little boy now I do not recommend to anybody that they have a child at 16 like wait until you're at least my age now like 33 plus I'd say like definitely but for me he was my blessing because the minute that I fell pregnant with him it gave me the light that I guess I felt like I needed in life I tried committing suicide a few times by then and life was quite dark and I didn't know what kind of what life was going to look like, I guess, in the future. So having my little boy, uh, as soon as I fell pregnant, it it changed my whole outlook on life. I decided at that point that I would be I would be everything that my kind of mum wasn't. I would be this this great mother and be able to provide in all the ways that I never had. But I guess I didn't really know what that looked like. And because I was in the care system at the time, um, they wanted to keep me in care, which I understand because I can see that from an outside view, there's this young girl who's got no education, no family, she's got nobody about her, and now she's pregnant. So I can understand why for them, they wanted to put me into a mother baby unit and look after me. And but I didn't want that like at all. So that summer, actually, when I was 16, I took the social services um, in England to court. I was told that I would never win. It's kind of like going up against the government and I didn't really have a have a chance. Um, but still, I insisted that that was what I wanted to do. And so I took social services to that um, to court that summer and I won. Despite everybody saying I wouldn't, I won and I had my care order dropped. So at 16, I moved into a flat on my own and started to raise my boy. And then I set my goals like I I didn't quite know what they were, but I knew that I wanted the house. I knew that I wanted the car. My family didn't drive. They didn't ever own their own home or things like that. And I could see that other people had those things and they were the things that I wanted. Didn't quite know how I was going to get them, but they were what I wanted. So as soon as I could work, as soon as I could drive at 17, I got my license. And then I started working, did all sorts of jobs from door knocking to working in nightclubs some nights to I think at some points I had kind of three jobs. And my son admittedly had to go into nursery from quite a young age because that was part and parcel of me being able to work and be able to provide. So I, yeah, worked, worked pretty hard, I guess, um, against maybe people understanding why I would do that, why I'd not just kind of stay at home, be at home with my baby. But I didn't ever want to be limited by anybody. I didn't want to be limited by how much the government could give me, by how much other people could give me. I wanted, 
I wanted to be able to have that freedom to be able to to not be held back by anybody and so I went on a real mission and I set myself little goals like well when I, I want to earn this much I want to be able to earn this much I want to be able to earn my age I want to be and every time I kind of broke a barrier it was like right okay next goal newer goal buy the flat and I bought a house and different things and um, and despite not having any education and obviously no kind of qualifications and things like that, I managed to gain a really good career in IT. And so worked my way up then within a good company, got my qualifications, et cetera, et cetera, and went on to, yeah, to be able to sit here proudly and say that I achieved those things that most people would say, like you need to be a certain place in your life or come from a certain place or have certain things to be able to achieve. And I just know that uh, I always believe that we might be starting a different situation, but we all can, our past or our, where we're from does not equal where we can go to. And I don't know why I always had that belief, but that I always sat with that, that I could make it, that I could be anything and it didn't matter where I'd come from. And what I didn't realise though, is that obviously I'd been through a lot of trauma and I was no doubt running in fight or flight mode for most of my life. Now I had no idea of that, but it kind of makes sense now that when I look back that I was definitely in fight mode my whole life. I was definitely not a fighter. I was ready to kind of take on the world and take on anybody and didn't care how big you are and how many there are of you. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to yeah stand up for myself and anybody that I'm with. And I kind of took on life a bit like that. And then in 2015, I went on a girl's holiday to Spain. And on the final night that I was there, I was assaulted by police and I had my face smashed off a marble floor and I almost died. I had my nose broken, cheekbone, eyebrow, eye socket. Uh, obviously, all my face was smashed up, four blood transfusions. Um, and that knocked whatever that fighter was in me. It, it, it pretty much knocked it out. It also sent me on a bit of a journey. I wanted to understand, like, why are we the way we are? Why was that police officer the way he was? Why was I the way I am? Like, why, why was my mum the way she is? And it really started, started to send me on an internal journey. I was always very much about self-development, growing into a better person, becoming the best version of you. But the one thing I'd never really done was, like, look inside at why am I the way I am? And it was upon that that I started to realise that I was carrying anger, that I found out if you kind of had things done to you that you morally disagreed with as a kid, it's likely because you didn't have a voice, you'd grow up quite frustrated as a person. And that's what they class as kind of carrying its anger. I would have never have classed it as that or said it like that. But I kind of got, I, that was when I realised that, okay, I think that that's what was going on for this person and whoever that man is, and the police officer that he no doubt is carrying stuff with him, and I no doubt was carrying stuff with me. And then before I could really do too much about it, I guess, in 2017, I lost my dad. And uh, eight weeks later, well, I lost my dad, buried him, he didn't have anybody, so I was his only person. So buried him, carried on with a smile on my face, still doing everything. Uh, took my son traveling around Cambodia for a month, straight after again smile on my face nobody would know that anything's ever happened to me or that anything's going on and up to this point I still had never really spoken to anybody I've never gone for kind of counseling or therapy or, or talked to anybody I've always just wore this mask and carried on like I'm okay and uh yes I know stuff's happened but that's over there and it's put away and I'm continuing and I'm okay 
And then in 2017, yeah, I lost my dad, went traveling to Cambodia, came back. And within a week, I had passed out at the wheel of my car and I crashed into a tree at 50 miles an hour and woke up from a coma the next day um, with this massive, I don't know if you can see it on this camera, massive scar across my head um, and severe head injury. And so that was a real wake up call for me. Obviously, waking up from a coma, I think we think that maybe we're going to last for a certain amount of time and um, that maybe we're know when death is coming. And obviously, waking up from a coma, realized that actually I almost died yesterday and I had no idea that it was even happening and could have left my son without a mum and everything. Um, and so I went into a bit of depression after that. Obviously, grieved for losing my dad and got to a really dark place suicidal thoughts came again and went into that kind of yeah not very nice place and I guess sometimes it takes us to go into that really dark place and feel all that pain to kind of hit that point where we then go enough is enough and I got to that place enough is enough and realized that I wasn't really happy that despite having achieved things and having the house and being able to provide like it had been tough there's no denying it being a single mom on my own with nobody like it it'd been hard and I realized that yes whilst I provided and that made me really happy I wasn't really feeling like fulfilled as a person being in IT didn't necessarily fulfill me it just paid the bills um it paid for all the things I wanted to have so it 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 had a purpose but it didn't fulfill me And so I decided at that point that I was going to do something about changing careers, because since I was a little girl, all I I wanted to do was help people. And when I was 17, I actually went to college and did a year to become a counsellor and then realised I couldn't continue because you needed to do all this voluntary work. And I just didn't have enough hours in the week to be able to do it. So I had to give up. So I decided that that was it. I was going to go look look for how I could get back into that how I could get into this I've been in leadership role in project management for kind of last year eight years and so I knew I had transferable skills there and obviously I've been through a lot so I can relate to a lot of people um and so I decided that yes I would go and start qualifying and learning new skills to be able to help people but the problem was I had this massive scar across my head I was obviously in a very dark place and I knew that I couldn't go and help anybody whilst I was looking and in this place so first of all before I could do that I needed to help myself and I have thought that if I could prove to myself that I had the tools to be able to overcome something and come out even stronger again then that would not only prove to me, but it would prove to anybody I'm working with going forward as well that I really can do this. I also needed to do that for me. I needed to fill my own cup up first. I needed to go on a bit of a self-love journey. And so um, in 2018, so just after about nine months after my accident, I started to train again. I finally got back to fitness. I'd kept fit for about kind of 10 years or so, training in the mornings. And so I was allowed to get back to that. So I started training again. Um, and I decided to enter a bodybuilding competition. Um, I didn't really realize what I was entering. I, I, I seen this fit mum thing and just went, you know what? It's taken me 10 years to get a six pack. I like my stomach used to be saggy mummy belly. Uh, it's taken me a long time. I'll enter this competition. And so I entered it before and then realized afterwards what I'd actually entered. But because I like like a bit of a challenge as well. And I, I told myself I was doing it. That was it. Right, well, challenge set. Let's do it. And I thought that's all it would be. Kind of, let's set the challenge. Let's do it. And that would be the end of it. 
But then I did it and I realised that I'd never really done anything for me. I'd done everything to be a good mum. I'd done everything for work to be a good employee. I'd done it. But I'd never really done something just for me. And at that point, I realised that was just what I needed. Like my son's a lot older now, obviously. So this was an opportunity for me to do just something for me. So I started bodybuilding. Uh, I started competing. And I told myself or wrote in my kind of diary, um, from coma to Miss Atlas, I saw a competition in the UK that if you won, you got taken out to Oklahoma in America to um, compete in a show called GBO Atlas Show. It's like their, their end of the year finals. And so I decided that was the goal I'm setting myself. I was going to go out to America and I was going to win Miss Atlas. And everybody just thought I was crazy. How could I, I've not done that. How could, how could I even set this goal? Just, just crazy. But that was, that was what I wanted. And I knew that if I could do that and go from a coma to that and fit, really fill my own cup up first and do that for me, then I would be ready to go on and help the world and do the things I want to be able to do. And whilst I was doing that, I was trying to discover how can I really help people? Because it's whilst I might have done stuff in a certain way, it's no good me telling you or somebody to do stuff in a certain way, because we all need to work things out for ourselves and we're all different people. So I qualified as a life coach, which was great. But being a project manager, it was kind of similar skills to I had. So I started to learn NLP, come across NLP. And it was like the, the secret, like that makes and helps you to understand how we really work as people. It was like the magic I'd been looking for. And so I discovered NLP. I qualified as an NLP practitioner, first of all, and then as a master prac. And it was during that journey of discovering NLP that I realized why I had done certain things, why certain things had worked for me and why they hadn't. Like I always, I was a big believer in visioning because anything I had ever achieved was through visioning my goal and then working towards it. And then as soon as I started to understand how the mind works, it all started to make a lot of sense and so at the same time as kind of doing the bodybuilding I was learning NLP which was just the best companion to have with bodybuilding at the same time as being on a bit of a self-love journey and although I did I missed out by a place in 2018 in 2019 I was taken out with team GB um, to represent Great Britain and I competed in the Atlas Stone 2019. I think about, I think there were about 28 of us in my category and I won. And so that and was when, it. When you say you won, like you won the whole show? I won my category. That's all I, yeah, I won my category. Miss that. So <laughs> I found. <laughs> wow. God. And I, and I hate to focus on just that one thing because Jesus Christ, you've been through so much but i don't know if you know this but like i used to own a a a medical spa and we did testosterone and growth hormone and so i was and i was in the fitness industry the whole decade before that so like yeah so like uh, yeah that's a huge deal yeah i had no idea yeah it's so funny because i i was as you're telling me, I'm like, holy shit, that's the girl I was listening to the other day <laughs> on Clubhouse. And I didn't even connect the dots. I just didn't at all because I don't, you know, I just, I I, I had no idea that you were that person. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> Holy shit, that's fucking that that is huge. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Well, for me, it, it it's yeah, it is huge. Like it, yeah, it was I I still pinch myself now because it's still all a bit surreal. Um and incredible that I got to come out to America and I made the most of that trip. So I went to kind of uh, spent a couple of days in LA, a couple of days in San Diego, followed by a couple of days in Las Vegas before heading home, which was just amazing. Yeah, that is crazy. So, I, so you know, I have to ask this, right? I know what goes into, you know, obviously with my background, I know what goes into a show like that, meaning what it takes for an individual to be that successful in a, in, in, in a, in any, excuse me, any bodybuilding show, right? I mean, it's, it is like die hard dieting. It is, how do you, okay. So my question is, how is it that you, so you got to that day, right? You got that to the day you stepped on stage, which you could finally eat that day, right? <laughs> you finally eat what you wanted, right? So how do you go from, how do you go from being that person to now back to not being that person? In other words, you hit the pinnacle, but you got the best that you could possibly, anybody could ask for. How It's kind of like going to the moon, so to speak. Like, you know, they, there have been multiple studies on astronauts that go to the moon or, yeah, they go to the moon or go... I th- or maybe it's just astronauts in general that go outer space and, and like, that's their dream right now. This wasn't your dream all along, but it became part of your dream. How do you like, how, how do you go back to like the normal life, so to speak after that? Well, I guess like for me, it, it was, ne- it was a part of my journey that had to kind of had to happen in order for me to have my dream. So that wasn't my dream. That that was my, it was my, I needed to do it for me. I needed to do it, the, the self-love. I needed to give myself that love and do something just for me. And I believed that if I did this, then I would be in a position to be able to go on and help other people. And so my why was, as always, and is still there very much, that I, I, I want to be able to help the world. in, in the small bit that I can, in in the part that I can while I'm here like I want to help the world and I couldn't help the world where I was and so that was kind of something that was just needed as part of my being able to do that so my goal I I didn't come into kind of the competing world wanting to be the next IFBB pro or the next WBFF pro or, or that was never my intention um it's amazing that I've become a pro in in what I've done but my my goal is not to say bigger than that but it's 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 not that 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 was yeah. part of yeah I needed to do that so that I can go on yeah yeah and I'm so actually we- still competing so I should have because I won they said we bring you back out the year after so I would have been back in December 2020 but obviously COVID happened so at the moment all going well I'm back out to compete at the end of the year in Texas Sweet. Well, yeah. in Texas, first of all, 
we <laughs> both can assume that it's almost guaranteed the show will go on. <laughs> um, you know, but here, but let's let's go back for a second because you know I am just as you could see, my face changed very differently when you told the story about, you know, I think it was 2015 when this awful thing happened to you on your vacation or the last day of the vacation. What the fuck? Like, I don't even understand. Like, first of all, I don't understand the psychology of the person that does it. I also don't understand what the hell could have been going through your head when those things were happening, like, I, 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 help me understand. Um, well, so so on the night when the police were called, I mean, it was very scary. You've got armed men with guns. And um, so I remember that part, obviously, being very frightened. And we got taken up to the hotel. I mean, the, the thing is, like, the part I have to take is the police were called because of me. Why? Because um, I was kicked out of a, not kicked, I walked out of a nightclub with a drink, and the I wasn't allowed back into the, I wasn't allowed back in. But the okay. bouncer was there, and he knew I was with four girls because we'd been in every night. It was our final night, and he was actually getting it on with one of my friends. And so it wasn't that he didn't know who I was, and I obviously wasn't wasted or anything. I remember the whole night, but um, he wouldn't let me back in, and that obviously made me angry and I kicked off a little bit outside the club and next minute the police were called and so I mean that was kind of it for me like whoa okay things are now a bit serious but I have to take on board that the police would have never been called that night had I not kind of kicked off so I take that bit on me but the police were then called and we were kind of dragged up the road me and a friend of mine with a police van behind us taking us up the road they um, they knew what hotel we were at because we were all inclusive, so we had one of those silly bands on our wrist. So we had sure. no hiding of kind of where we were going, where we were staying. Um, and so we got taken up to the hotel, and as we've got to the hotel, we've got the kind of spinny doors, and I've managed to go in as the first person. And so as I've gone through the door, I've run straight up to the reception, kind of screaming. Like, I can't remember what I was saying, but basically, help us. Like, these are corrupt, like, but, but screaming. You, but, but, the, but you hadn't had this shit kicked out of you at this point. No, 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 no. Uh, Okay, go ahead. And so, um, and so I ran up to the reception screaming. I I don't, I I don't actually remember, but basically like they're, they're corrupt and, but screaming it, you know, like in a panic screaming it. And the lady behind the desk has kissed her teeth at me and told me I'm a liar. And with that, I think I have, I, I don't know what has happened. I've maybe shouted at her and told her she's a God knows what. Uh, and as I've done that I've turned around and his uh, police officer who's like six foot tall has just punched me in the face grabbed my hair and smashed me off the marble floor now I don't think he realized well obviously I don't remember anything from that point onwards anyway because I I don't remember until I wake up in the hospital and I'm having my tongue stitched up but so I don't remember from that point and I'm assuming that he obviously didn't mean to probably near kill me but he smashed me down on the floor, then rolled up his arms. And my friend was being held back. And it was only because she was screaming, you've killed her, that he didn't hit her. And he stopped and realised what he'd done. And at that point, they all went into panic. And my friend said that they literally picked you up by your hair, put you on a chair and were just mopping you. All these cleaners and people just rushed out from everywhere. They were all going into a frantic panic. And then they've obviously had to call an ambulance because I'm dying in the middle of their foyer. Um, 
But what was told to everybody, the ambulance and all of my records, was that I fell down the stairs. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. So. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, I won't go into the politics, but yeah, I cannot freaking believe that. Corrupt. Yeah, what very country, corrupt. By the way, what country? This was in Mallorca in Spain. Where apparently there's two different police. So you have local police and then you have national police. Now, when I woke up in the hospital, I was having my tongue stitched up. And obviously I was in a mess. I couldn't really see. And um, and it was the police who were called because my, I, I think they said that my condition didn't match what had happened. And I think my friend had said that I'd actually been damaged, hurt by the police. So it was the national police who then turned up at the hospital. Um, and luckily it was a really nice Scottish man, so from, from Scotland. And... Um, he, I, I, I mean, I ran a mile when the police turned up. I pulled the things out of my arm, out of my hand, whatever it drips and stuff, whatever that was, and I just ran. Um, and then, right police, oh, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I heard a police officer and just went, get, no, and just went and just, but then, yeah, it turned out to be this lovely Scottish police officer who was national police. And that was when I realized that there, or was explained to that there was a difference and you had local police and national police and, I mean, it, it seems that in Spain, I don't know if we're in all parts of Spain, but certainly in Mallorca, that this is not uncommon. It's very uncommon for it to hurt them to do it to a woman. Very. He said he had never in all of his years seen a woman beat up the way I was. But he sees it almost every weekend with men. And that it was very common for the local police to... Yeah, assault and um, injure men. What, so I just have to wonder, like, well, it, you know, this 2021, like, it doesn't, nothing surprises me. And so it almost makes me wonder, like, well, if they know this is going on, which, again, based on the, based on the last... 12 months of of the things that this whole world has gone through nothing surprises me that we think and believe yeah. whatever it is whatever it is you believe and if and look if you sit in front of the news you're certainly going to believe one way and if you don't sit in front of the news you're going to believe very differently yeah and so i guess my quite i guess it, it let's just say it was a year ago when we were doing this podcast, I would have asked like, why is it that they, how is it they know this is going on, but they're not doing anything about it? Well, fast forward a year, here we are. And it do, nothing surprising to me that the, the legality of things and how it's handled. And I mean, 
when I turned up to the police station, so the next, uh, that day, so it happened on a night in the morning, obviously I left the hospital, that night I was flying home, and the police officer had said to me, please, please report it, please don't go home and not report it, and I was like, I don't want to go anywhere near a police station, get me home, right, get me home back to UK, and he said, well, when you go to the airport, there's a police station there, so you can report it to them, Um, so I was like, oh, okay, okay, well, I'll do this, because I'll have my friends with me, and we'll all be flying home, so I'll get there early and I'll do that. So that's what I did. So I turned up at the um, police station at the airport and I, I had my mask and kind of completely covered so nobody could see me. Um, and I've turned up my hoodie over and everything. Um, <clears throat> and I've sat in the reception and waited, gone and sat next at the desk. And he's the, the two police officers like, right, like kind of what's up? Um, and I was like, oh, I've been assaulted by police officer. And they're like, yeah, okay. Where, where's the where's where, what have they done? And as I've kind of started to pull back my hoodie, and they've started to see that my face is obviously destroyed. As soon as I've started pulling it back, they're now speaking in Spanish between them. Before I've even kind of got a quarter of it down, they're speaking in Spanish and they're frantic between them. And next minute, they didn't didn't really even I don't think they even said anything. They just got up and kind of went. They've gone into the back, and now there's you can see people in suits, and there's people appearing from everywhere. 10 minutes, half an hour later or so, they come out to tell my friends that my friends have got to go and I need to stay there on my own. My friends have got to go because the um, the plane is obviously going to continue, like they need to get through security. Um, so they made me stay on my own while my friends then went. Um, then they got a translator in and the translator took my story, which when I read back in English, like, I don't know, weeks later, um, it wasn't quite my story. There was a few, yeah, but... Here, neither here nor there. She sat with me after writing it and said, I'm going to be really honest with you now. Like, you don't have a chance at doing anything with this. Like, you would seriously, seriously have to be somebody in power in this world to be able to do anything about this. And so I, I did. I come back to the UK. I got hold of a solicitor decided I won't letting it go. So decided to get hold of a solicitor, get them to get in touch with the embassy and get to get it taken to court, etc. And then before it got taken, before it got to court, um, it was dropped because any evidence, well, there was no evidence. So the house hotel foyer, there was the, all the camera, there was nothing, it all gone. Well, there was none, it just wasn't there. So there was no evidence, so there was no court case. So there was nothing I could do. And at that point, I mean, I thought about like, do I even go to the papers? Do I go to, but the reality is like, you've heard my story yourself. Like I'm, who am I? And I've had it so tough that, well, how would they make out? So I, I, I couldn't do anything. What I mean, this, they... is one, this is one of the first times I've really even sp- I've sp- spoken about, I've only spoken about it recently. Um, wow. I mean, like, Jesus Christ. I can't, I mean, I, I don't even, I, I don't have words. I don't even know what to say. Honestly, I can't even imagine being in that, that, that place of just, well, I mean, it's probably kind of how I, Donald Trump probably feels right now, uh, like excluding getting the shit kicked out of him. Um, like, it, I don't know. Yeah. But so what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Carry on. Write a book. 
Get up and carry on. Well, Um, that's the next thing. Write a book. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Because look, if it happened to you in wherever you just said you were, um, it happens to other people. Guarantee it does, right? I don't care what the guy said. Oh, I've never seen this. It doesn't matter because now it's socially acceptable, I guess. I, I, I don't know. That's bizarre to me. Well, I shared something. Or I must have said something about it on Clubhouse the other day. Because like I said, I've only just started to really say, oh, hey, by the way, world, this is me. Like, as far as people are concerned, I'm a successful businesswoman. Like, most people have no idea what at all what I've been through, like, in any way. I worked with people for, like, 11 years in my last company, and they didn't even, a lot of them didn't even know I had a kid. Like, people just, I kept myself to myself, like, so much so. But I think I said something on Clubhouse the other day. I started to, like, talk about things a little bit. And a lady messaged me on Clubhouse yesterday to say, I'm so sorry to hear what happened to you. I'm Spanish and it disgusts me what's happening. Last weekend, a guy and his 14-year-old daughter were attacked by the local police. And it was just like, what what can we do about this? Because this is, it, 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 ma- it makes me feel really sad to think that what happened to me isn't a isn't a one-off and that these things are regularly occurring and that the guy that did this to me probably hasn't actually felt any remorse and yeah because that's the only thing I can hope for really is that he's he's felt in some way about it and has maybe gone and got some help or karma has come back and but that's the things that I've been telling myself. And then to get that message yesterday of that woman saying, like, it, it, it really disgusts me because we, I'm Spanish and I, we are nothing like them, like the police are. Um, and so to hear that was just a little bit, yeah, it just made me feel very sad that actually... So, so if you're... I, I mean, how, how does anybody feel safe knowing that if the local police pull you over, they could do literally whatever, because I live in the U.S., like, we sort of still have rights, right? I mean, well, we have lack, we don't have free speech to an extent, that's for sure. I think that's blatantly obvious. Um, But what, I mean, I, 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 I don't understand why someone would live in a country that you just don't, you know, you you get pulled over by the police and you may or may not come out okay. Like, I, I can't imagine living in a world like that. But that, honestly, that's where, I mean, that's that's what it looks like we're going towards here. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, like, I think Spain and, like, Mallorca is a beautiful place to be. I think it's lovely. And most people would never know that that's kind of happening. Or or even if they kind of know that maybe the police are a bit corrupt, they've they've not had to deal with the fact that they are. Yeah, because think, it's all been quiet. Because it's all, yeah, exactly that. And when people come over and they're on holiday and getting drunk and whatever else, then it's them that are feeling it. And then they're going back home to their countries. So it's... Yeah, I think if you live if you live there, you probably never know. Like, and I think it was only actually because of what happened in America last year with George Floyd that brought it all up for me. That was a real. I I really I I'm not one for the news. I don't watch the news, uh, and I happened to just watch watch walk past the TV, and it must have been a couple of days after it happened, 
and I, I just walked past the TV and caught it and I just burst into tears. It completely, I had to like just take myself off everything for a couple of weeks, close myself off from the world and just go, oh, you know what? Uh, I realise I still maybe am affected by everything that happened and I just need to take some time out. And then a couple of weeks after that is when I went, hey world, by the way, these things have happened. Uh, I haven't ever said, but actually we're kind of five years later now and I'm in a stronger position than I perhaps was back then. And I'm in a different position than I was back then, like in, in all sorts of ways. So I feel in a much stronger position to be able to actually stand up and say, hey, by the way, this happened to me. Um, whereas back then I didn't feel like I could, I could do that. Well, so I think too, you know, let's just for a quick second as un politically correct as this is probably going to sound is, you know, a lot of the stuff, and I'm not saying this is your case, but a lot of stuff that happened to George Floyd was, I, I think there was a lot more to that story than people were told and, and what i mean by that is i and i can't remember for the life of me what it was but there was some kind of, was it there something that was directly tied to him that would have and i'm not saying he deserved by any stretch what happened but wasn't there other circumstances around that situation that would you know i'm certainly not going to say that would have made it okay but would have been provoking for well now that I, now that I think back at it you know I think back I was actually thinking about a wholly totally different situation to, yeah I was thinking about the guy that got that stopped in the in the drive-through but George yes. Floyd obviously is the guy that got held down on the curb yeah did you but did did you have you really watched that video closely I I've got to admit that I seen what happened and it just because of my own experience sure it just brought all that back for me and and that that for me was like it's not so much about color it's yeah. about power is right. the problem is that people across the world like it's not like we can go oh well it's in america and this is how as you've just heard like this happened to me i'm a white female in spain so i think like the problem across the world is having people in power who who shouldn't be in power who who aren't leaders at all they are just people in power who use their power to their advantage to manipulate control uh yeah destroy look at the world we're living in yeah it is all manipulation it's all control it's all the use of at this point with the administration that's in office it's all about it's all about all of those things it's all about the power the money and, and they, do you yeah. think joe biden for five seconds cares and i am obviously very much so not a joe biden fan i think he's an idiot i think anybody that voted for him should should at this point i have a feeling they're probably thinking <laughs> okay i probably fucked up on that one right because, uh, well, I don't know how anybody voted for the guy in the first place, but now we're starting to see, right? We're starting to see all the things, you know, he, uh, he's done so many things in the last 38, 39, ever how long it's been, 
less than 40 days yeah. in his administration that has completely the only reason he did it was to undermine Donald Trump. Okay. And the masks that we're supposed to be wearing. Are you kidding me? Like, look at the science, right? The science will tell you there's no, there's nothing. And look, I don't know where you fall on it. And, and, and look, if you, if you disagree with me, that's totally okay. Cause guess what? A lot of people do, but <laughs> there are a lot of people that do agree with me. And, and, you know, you can't tell me that it makes sense that I have to wear a mask to go inside of my gym to exercise and be healthy. I, sorry, dude. Like that's like the last place you should be having people wear masks. Yeah, I mean, I what what you said before about kind of like we live in a in, in a world where there's control and manipulation, and I I believe all that. So I don't get into that kind of nitty gritty. Obviously, I don't live in America. So in terms of like politics and stuff, it's, it, I'm more kind of away from that. And, and I know a lot of English do and stuff. But I, I don't hear. So I definitely don't in America. Like I stay away from all the politics and stuff. But I, I see it as like, like if it wasn't, there's lots, like you turn on the news, you turn on TV, you turn on everything and, and it's constantly putting people against each other. Yes. There's constantly negativity being thrown upon, and um, and if really like people at the top really wanted our place to be a beautiful world, then with all the power and control that people do really have, the TV wouldn't be the way it is, news wouldn't be the way it is, certain things wouldn't be happening. So, from because of that, I believe that yes, like there is a purpose to a lot of it, and what creates war and different things creates money and wealth and power and position. And um, so I'm, like, I'm all on for making our, doing my small part that I can while I'm here to, to make the world a better place, to help, to help break down that divide of rich and poor and color and religion. And I mean, well, Listen, We're all human. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But by you now telling the story about what happened to you is absolutely going to change the trajectory of so many lives. I mean, think about this. If you're, look, that can happen to anybody. And if they heard your story, they may have, they may have been aware before that took place and, and maybe they could have made a, a, a different decision, but, and so I, I commend you for keeping this so close to your chest, but now's the time that it's, I'm going to challenge you for a second because I, I got I'll say that I feel like you, you may be doing people a disservice by not telling people about what happened to you. Um, this is like, disgusting it's disgusting that that any human being would do that to another human being and and now i feel like it's your job to let everybody know because look i don't know how much you know about human trafficking but like i was telling you when we first started i'm on a clubhouse call and i had to move my phone away because it's so damn loud (laughs) but 
the reason I wanted to be on this clubhouse call, and I, and this is going to tie right into the reason why I'm telling you what I'm telling you is because Scott Lumley is hosting this call, and I've got Scott. Scott's coming on my podcast on Wednesday. Scott's an extraordinarily uh, wealthy individual, and he's in witness protection in Morocco somewhere. And why? Because he is trying to stop human trafficking. And his only mission at this point, yeah, of course he makes money. But it's beyond that for him. He's made all the money he needs to make. He doesn't need the money. And so the point is, is he's putting massive efforts into ending human trafficking. And oh my God, like in, in it's the most, I have an 11 year old daughter. Like I can't even imagine waking up one day or being somewhere and then it snatched and gone. And, and not to mention the things that happen to people that happen to oh. little girls and little boys. It's awful. It's, yeah, you know, I'll paint a, a real minute picture. You know, they sometimes have sex seven, eight, ten times a day. As an adult, I can't even imagine doing that. For pleasure, I can't even imagine doing it. They're not doing it for pleasure. It's it, it's against their will. And then they get shipped to a different spot for it to all happen the next day. The same thing over and over. And until uh, eventually, I guess they kill them, I guess. I mean, I don't know what the end result is. I, I don't know if there's too many people that come out of that. But oh, it's awful. So my point, my point here is this. If you could, by you telling your story, you could prevent so many people from going through what you went through. And the pain that I see, that I see in your face right now, that... It's like, I don't think anybody should have to go through what you went through. And, and, and I think by you being so being vocal about this and telling people, writing a book, I don't do everything that you've got to do to get this story out because it is, it, first of all, it's unbelievably impactful. Second of all, you have got like, I don't know how the hell you even did the things that you've done. Like it's, the equation doesn't add up, right? Meaning, mean, meaning it to go through all you've gone through, and then you, you know, one missed atlas for God's sakes. Like, and I don't even know if we got to the rest of the. I think my brain just kind of like stopped with that, because, yeah. So you you're extremely brave, and I think it's time that you tell people what's going on. Tell people the things that have happened to you. And the story's going to get really tired, but I promise you that story is going to get easier and easier to tell the more you tell it. And imagine how you're going to feel when somebody reaches out to you and they say, hey, this almost happened, but because I heard your story, it didn't because I was able to pull my shit together and do what, you know, fill in the blank. Right. 
And that's yeah. coming. As soon as people hear this, that's coming because people are going to come out of the woodworks and they're going to say, holy shit, you were brave enough to tell this story, but the same thing happened to me. And I, I couldn't say anything. I was scared, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So it's like, I, I, I don't even know. <sighs> it was really powerful. Like, I don't even know what to say to that. I don't know other than you have, you know, and, and I'll help you in any way I can to get your story out. You just tell me what I can do to help you and I will. Oh, that's really kind, Corey. Thank you. And obviously I've just, yeah, always been on my own, like a little fighter on my own, just just working all this stuff out on my own. And even that night like, coming out this year and kind of going, yeah, hey, by the way, well, this is actually what I went through. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, just thank you. <laughs> I mean, you've got such a good book to write at this point. <laughs> like, you, you really just have to tell your story. That's it. And people... And it's not even about buying the book. It's not about the sales of the book. It's about it's about getting that stuff on pen and paper. And well, unless you're like me, I, I spoke I, and I haven't published my book yet. But but I spoke all of it literally. I spoke it into the you know the um, my notebook on my phone. Somebody Kids. said this to me. Yeah. 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 Somebody said that to me the other day, Scarlett. All you've got to do is talk it, and you could just. And then send that off to a copywriter and there you go. You've got your book. That's it. Like, it's really that easy. Like, it's that easy. And not to mention, when people hear this story, they're going to, I would be willing to bet that if, so So there's a guy in Clubhouse, right? His name is Gary. Um, you probably know who I'm talking about um, because he's on Clubhouse like. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Such a genuine good guy, but he's writing yeah. a book about Clubhouse and he yeah. was telling a story the other day. I mean, maybe you heard it, but he was telling a story about how he got the book deal, which was two years ago, I guess. He had a beer with somebody at Hay House. Yeah. That was right? it. I did hear that. Yeah. And so he reached into his Rolodex or whatever you want to call it now, I guess his phone, and reached out to this person and said, Hey, I want to this is what I want to do. And the guy said, done. And they cut him a check for, I don't know, five digits. And he's writing a book about clubhouse, (laughs) which is, you know, he was on, he got on clubhouse when I got on clubhouse. So, but he's going to be known for the guy that wrote the book about clubhouse. And it's all shit that we're all going through right now. Like it's, it's not like it's a profound thing, but he took the action to put it in, to put, he took the action to put it into a book that's probably going to sell no telling how many copies. Yeah, completely. So, so I can reach, I, I've modded uh, several stages with him. So he knows me very, I mean, not very well. He knows me as well as he, I guess he could possibly know me in Clubhouse. But I do know that if I reach out to him and say, hey, I need you to hear this story and I need you to connect her with whoever it is you know at Hay House, or I think, I, did I say that right? Is it Hay House? I think so. Um, and I think he would be willing to do that. 
Now, I, I can't guarantee it, but but I'll certainly try. Oh, wow, Corey, that would be... Oh, I don't even know how to thank you enough for even the suggestion. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, I that's can, really... I, I will make that introduction in a heartbeat. And so, you know, but now... But now it's it's your job kind of just to, honest to God, you probably could just take a lot of what this podcast was about because you, <laughs> you told me the short, short version of it, right? So, yeah. you know, the podcast notes will come out and you'll have, you'll have it in writing. So, I mean, this is probably not going to be anywhere near as hard as you thought it was going to be. No, perhaps not. <laughs> I mean, it's your story. Nobody else can tell that except for you, right? Yeah. And there's no I right just, or wrong. It's your shit. Yeah, I guess it's 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 even it's it's felt weird even just kind of telling it and saying hey and 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 then having the reaction. Like it's it's yeah, it blows me away a little bit. That you have no idea what's ahead of you. <sighs> yeah. So you got to get ready because. That, that Atlas Age won't be the only one that you're going to be on because your story's really, really, I mean, you've, God damn, dude, you've gone through, like, so much. And I don't even know, like, I know for me, I mean, I, I feel like I've gone through a lot, but pfft, not even a drop in the bucket compared to what you've gone through. And so, and the fact that you kept it so quiet is... Uh, it's interesting because, and, and, and you did it because uh, obviously you just didn't want people to judge you on something that. And I couldn't do anything. No. I couldn't do anything. So, I mean, it's, it's the same as my mum being my mum. The same as like, what, what's the point in telling people to be, nobody can do anything. And I ain't going to play a victim. Like that ain't, ever, that don't help anyone in life. Let's be honest. Like I'm, I, my own way of like dealing with things in my own life has been to if I'm ever in a victim mode to get out of it yeah because when I'm in it I'm not I'm limited I'm putting the power over to somebody else like and I know that we're all when things happen we all become a victim and I have been a victim like obviously when things have happened I've gone into a dark place I have been a victim but the minute that I kind of recognize that what's going on and that I'm not helping myself and that doing this won't help me because nobody can ever help me. I can only ever help myself. So getting myself, which, so I've always just thought, well, telling people or talking isn't going to change the fact or, so just get up and get on. And, and that's very true, but, and it won't change what happened to you. It's, it won't change a second of it, but it could change everything. Else. I'm starting you to know? see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I, like, it just breaks my heart that you had to go through that. And it breaks my heart that, you know, that, God, you just, I wouldn't wish your life on anybody. But here's the thing is you have a, a level of, well, yeah, the resilience, as you mentioned when we first started, right? You, I don't think I've ever met anybody that's been that resilient ever. 
because I'm pretty sure most folks would be like, you know what, this time I'm out. Like, I'm just going to stay down. And you not only got back up, but you, you, like you said before, you, you were knocked down so many times and you just keep coming back. It's like those nine lives that the cats have evidently, like you've got like 109. <laughs> because, you know, and look, this may not be, and look, life's probably not easy for you at this point. It's probably not, it's probably not like a, a, a extreme walk in the park, I assume, that, yeah. right, I mean, uh, you know. I mean, I'm in a lot better position now, like in, in many, many ways, career-wise, financially, in, in lots of ways than I have ever been before. It's all been a journey, hasn't it? It's led me to now, so I'm, yeah, but life is life, isn't it? And <laughs> Yeah, but let me ask you a question, though. Do you feel um almost like a weight has been lifted now that you have had conversations around this yeah it feels I always always used to tell myself from a little girl and I don't it, it kind of doesn't make sense when I look back because I was such a little girl but that my like pain always had a purpose and I told myself that from very young like my pain has a bigger purpose and now I'm these last couple of months I've started to share my story I've realized that this is its purpose because all these years I've spent learning skills and tools and whatever to become good in IT to now become good as a coach and to be able to help people whilst all that is amazing and that's great because now I can work with people one-to-one and I can I've realized that yeah when I was telling myself my pain had a purpose that this feels like it is its purpose because when I talk and I I can connect with people who've been through a hard childhood who've had a narcissistic mum which isn't really spoken about when we can talk about that I can relate to those people when I can now relate to being well yeah beaten up by a man by police but I can, I can relate to losing my life and escaping death and I realized that actually I'm now in a place where I have so much compassion and understanding and empathy not because I try to because I actually have been there and that's what allows me to be this human now and my stories and I'm, I'm starting to see this now it, it it's that pain that I, yeah this is the reason for it like yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I've never been, I don't know how you feel about kind of religion and, and stuff. I've never been a big believer in God because my dad was so religious. He was mentally ill and thought he was God every time he was poorly. So it completely turned me off against religion. And then these last few years, I've been on this journey and it's been very spiritual, especially with learning NLP. And it's all become very kind of woo-woo, um, as they say. Um, like, I feel like, well, like my life really has been shit but I have been the person I am. Like, I believe that this is my purpose. Yeah, unfortunately, you had to go through the shit to get to this moment in your life. And and all that stuff was the process of, of you getting to the point now where you can tell the story. Yeah. That was what it was all for. And yeah. it probably certainly didn't seem like it at the time. And and probably didn't seem like it for years later, but now is the time. 
Yeah, I think so. There's no question about it. I mean, here, you're, I mean, you just told this story publicly. I don't know how you, you said you haven't really, have you ever told it on a podcast before? Um, two weeks ago, I did my first podcast. Good. So, um, yeah, that was the first time my, very different to this, no, not such a casual conversation. And yeah, it's very nice. It feels, feels like we're just sat having like a, a cup of coffee and just having a yeah. chat. And it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and yeah, so I would say let's, um, yeah, we, we do have to, I don't even know what time it is. I am not, <laughs> oh, it's like 20 minutes past my last, my first, my last, my last appointment, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. This has been worth every second of it. In fact, in fact, my appointments with a guy that jumped out of the, out of his house at, I think it was eight and a half because it was on fire oh wow and it it he was 75 percent burnt like 75 percent of his body was burnt wow that's not even the worst part the worst part is his whole family died in that house and so you know i'm helping him because he has such a powerful story like you and um, and he's trying, he, he's made quite a, a splash on TikTok. I mean, he's got like, I don't know, millions of followers and like, he's just, it, you know, in, because he told his story, but he's, he doesn't know how to monetize it. And so I'm helping him with that. I'm helping another guy that's also sort of in that same spot, um, helping them just connecting them with the right people that can pay them for what they're worth in their story and all that good stuff. So anyway, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I will, um, all right. Tell everybody where they can find you and all that good stuff. And yeah. And so we'll wrap up the podcast and this has been really amazing by the way. This has been like, thank you so much, Corey. Like, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, well, my name is Scarlett O'Connor and I am Scarlett O'Connor everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram with that. I think it's Scarlett O'Connor UK, maybe on the end. Um, ScarlettOConnor.co.uk again for website. Um, yeah, on everything, it's just Scarlett O'Connor. So that is, that is me. <laughs> Yeah, well, all your links will be in the show notes where they can find you, your website, all the things that you just listed. Um, and and gosh, man, I, I feel so privileged to have had this conversation with you. And it's interesting. I'll be transparent with you. I did when you booked the calls. Like, God, I remember talking to her about the podcast, <laughs> and I actually bitched about it. <laughs> I actually bitched about it last night. I was like, this person booked a podcast with me. And I'm like, I've got like 20 podcasts built up. I'm not even looking for anybody. But, and I thought, well, what did I say? <laughs> and now, and this is just the way the universe works. Like I, going into this six minutes beforehand, I was like, oh, I don't even know this person. I don't really want to do the podcast. Oh, no. and 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 little did I know that you I've been listening to you this whole time and I just didn't connect the dots like when oh, you told how funny. Story, yeah, because I was listening the other day when you told the story about falling asleep at the wheel that's all I heard I heard Miss Atlas and I heard fall asleep at the wheel or whatever you said you did it hit the tree 
And I thought, shit. I was like, that, that's really rough. I didn't even know about this other stuff. I had no idea. But you probably maybe you didn't tell the story that day. No, maybe not. Wow. Yeah, it's um, pretty impressive. So um yeah, so thank you again. And I'm excited. Oh, well, I'm glad out. you didn't cancel on me. <laughs> well, me too, because <laughs> I, I just didn't know. And and I guess it wasn't even curiosity. I was just like, well. I committed to this, so I'm going to go ahead and do it because I do what I say I'm going to do. And now it, we're an hour and a half in, and like I'm just I'm 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 so grateful that you gave me the opportunity to do this with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Quite oh, a was, me too. You've um, yeah, you, you've really touched my heart, Corey. So. I'm yeah, very grateful. And I, well, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't cancel on me. <laughs> yes. All right. So um, let me go ahead and wrap this up. And thank you so much for coming on and can't wait to get this story out. Thank you. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the successful life. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.